listening to audio from Oasis Church in Winter Haven, Florida. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit our website at www.oasischurchwh.org. And thanks so much for listening. Today, we come to the conclusion of our study in the book of Daniel. So if you're coming in uh, first time, then you're coming in at the end of a, of a long little journey. We've had some, some spaces in between for different things that have come up. And, and, and uh, so, you know, we've, we've kind of had to uh, jump back and forth into the Daniel boat. But today we're going to hopefully bring the boat to the shore and, and conclude a what I think is one of the coolest books in all of the Scripture. It absolutely contains two of my absolute favorite stories in all of the Bible. The story of uh, the three Hebrew faithful in the fiery furnace, with the fourth one standing there protecting. And then, of course, that all-time Sunday school favorite, Daniel in the lion's den. And so Daniel is, is, is great at giving us some very memorable uh, uh, things about God's faithfulness and his ability to provide for and work in the lives of his people. But Daniel also contains some really weird stuff, some visions and things and prophecies and promises that are hard to understand, hard to unpack and then put back together in a way that is understandable. And so today we're going to conclude the, the book, and, and I don't think we could conclude in any more confusing fashion than is found in Daniel chapter 11 and 12. Just to sort of remind you a little bit, and if you'd like to catch up, all of these sermons are online. You can go to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can watch them on Facebook, but you have to navigate through all of the, the pre and the after and, and all that. If you'd like to watch them without as much uh, distraction, then you go to our YouTube channel, Oasis Church of Winter Haven, and all of those sermons are there. You can catch up all the way through the book of Daniel. But just to kind of give you a reminder of where we are. The first year of the king of Persia, Daniel uh, had a vision. He was praying because he had come across a passage in the scroll of Jeremiah that said that after 70 years in captivity, that the people of Israel were going to be allowed to return to their homeland. That excited the old man Daniel who had been a captive in Babylon for almost 70 years. When Daniel read that, I think what he had in mind was we're getting ready for God to fulfill his promises. He's going to bring his people back to the homeland and he's going to establish his kingdom. And so in the first part of Daniel chapter number 9, he begins to repent on behalf of his people. He begins to pray earnestly over the sins of the people and, and, and ask God to be faithful to his promises and to forgive and, and, and to, to cleanse them of all of their sin of rebellion and disbelief. And God sends a response to Daniel through the message of an angel in the last part of Daniel chapter number 9, and the angel says, to sum it all up, the angel says, God sent this message to you, Daniel. There's more coming. Just hold on. 
And so he revealed to Daniel that there was going to be a time identified as 70 weeks. We unpacked as 70 weeks of years or 490 more years that God was going to deal in the people of Israel before he brought about that completion. The more we looked at it, the more we discovered is, wait a minute, uh, we're way past 490 years, so what's going on? And we allowed other passages of Scripture, uh, uh, other things going on that we've learned since Daniel to help us understand that, wait a minute, those 490 years aren't contained in a single unit, but actually it seems that 483 years were the first part, and then there's that last week of sevens, those last seven years that have still not yet occurred, and there's been a whole lot of time in between the first 483 and the last seven, of which we're standing right in the middle. As I've just confused, especially if you hadn't been with us through all of that, you're going, what in the world are you talking about? I know, isn't it fun? And so, Daniel, scratching his head and wondering, what in the world? That's in the first year. Because Daniel's wrestling with this idea of there's more to come, and, and oh my goodness, I, 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 I don't even know what to expect, but okay, I'm going to trust you, God. That concludes Daniel chapter 9. When we open up to Daniel chapter 10, it's been two years now because now we're in the third year of the Persian king. Daniel again, old man, and he says he's troubled. Probably he's troubled. Say, why you say probably? Because we don't know why he's troubled. But I can tell you what has happened, what has transpired since the conclusion of chapter number 9, chapter number 10. The king of Persia has made a declaration that the children of Israel can go back to the homeland. They can go back to the homeland and they can rebuild the temple to their God. That decree went out by King Cyrus, which was prophesied years before by Isaiah, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. Daniel's excited because the people have gone back, but in the book of Ezra, we discover that once they get there, they face opposition that causes them to basically give up on the temple rebuilding project. Now that's what's happening at this time. So most students, most conservative Bible students of the book of Daniel think that Daniel was troubled because they had the chance to go back and, and to rebuild the temple and, and God's plan is moving forward, but now they have quit and he's troubled and it's feast time and I'm just in a low place. And so he spent about three weeks in a time of fasting, a time of probably a depression in prayer and just grief. And then we discover in Daniel 10 that after those 21 days, 
another angel showed up, which is the last time we were together in the book of Daniel. We talked about the first part, actually the whole part of Daniel chapter 10, this angel showing up in this spectacular encounter that Daniel had with this primary angel and these others. And we spent some time talking about the doctrine of angels and how this chapter actually helps us understand some interesting things about angels. Go back and and watch that if you missed out on that. And by the way, I finally did get uploaded to our new podcast. Did you know we have a podcast out? Yes, we do. It's called the Oasis Church Reach and Teach Podcast. Currently, it's only resident on Spotify. But if you have a computer with an internet connection, you can listen on Spotify. And so we published a little bit more about angels, which was our last episode, and then we've got some more things coming out real soon. What did the angel come to tell Daniel? The angel said, I've come to tell you a message from God. Just as soon as you started praying in grief, I came, and now I'm here to deliver you a message. What is this message? It's Daniel chapter 11 and 12. And what this message is going to do is going to give more details about the events of the 490 years. It's going to give more details about that and he's going to reveal previously unknown information. So Daniel's going to get more information about things that have already been revealed, which we know as students of the book of Daniel started all the way back in chapter 2 with an image and then a vision of some beast and then a vision of a ram and a unigoat. And now we're here. You say, if you're not confused by now, then I don't know what to do to get you there. But we're going to tackle Daniel chapter 11 and 12 today. I'm calling this the long way to certain deliverance. God made promises to a man named Abraham. And God made some promises about land and descendants and blessing. God promised Abraham a land. God promised Abraham who didn't have kids at the time. And didn't have really any prospects of children at the time. Many descendants and that out of those descendants, all of the peoples, all of the nations would be blessed. God took that promise and he compounded it to one of Abraham's future kids by the name of Jacob. Who he changed his name to Israel. And God made some of those same promises to Jacob and he expanded on those promises. And then God took those same promises and gave them to a man by the name of David, who interestingly enough became a king, and he expanded on those promises. And those promises had to do with the nation of Israel, faithful to God, ultimately brought to a place of blessing and favor because of what he has promised on the basis of his own faithfulness. Those promises were made. Those promises have not yet been fulfilled. Those promises are as good today as they were then, and they're going to transpire. When we come to the book of Daniel, we understand that what God is doing is talking with Daniel, dealing with Daniel about the people 
of Israel. Now, that doesn't mean that we as believers in the Gentile world, in the time of the church in 2023, cannot be blessed and instructed from the book of Daniel. We just need to remember that these are about the promises made to the people of Israel and how those things are going to play out simultaneously to the way things are playing out as far as we are concerned as followers of God through faith in Jesus. So when we come to this, he's telling Daniel about those things that are going to unfold on the way to God fulfilling his promises to Israel. So we're calling this the long way to certain deliverance because God's promises are certain. God's promises are sure. God's always going to do what God says he's going to do at the right time. Never late. He's always going to do what he says. So we jump in here to chapter number 11, verse number 2. Because verse number 1 really connects back to chapter 10. We dealt with that a couple of weeks ago. Verse number 2 says, And now I will show you the truth. I know I told you a little bit about the 70 weeks that are coming. And I packed a lot in what we call Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, 25, 26, and 27. There was a lot packed in there. The angel says, now I'm come to tell you the truth about more details on how that's going to play out. What we've got to remember is that this is dealing with something very specific on the way to, to Israel's deliverance. From chapter 11, verse, uh, verse number 2, all the way to verse number 35. What I'd like for you to do right now, if you have one, is just look at your watch. That watch right there tells you, I don't have nearly enough time to explain everything that happens from verse 2 to verse number 35. But what I will tell you is, is that God has revealed to Daniel... Just over 370 years of events that are going to play out from that day all the way to the, uh, the time of, of, of one of the latter uh, Greek or Seleucian kings. You're like, what are you talking about? Well, I don't have time to tell you, but what I have done is I have produced a document that will help you take your Bible and start at chapter 11, verse number 2, and work verse by verse through everything that God said was going to happen and the historical record that tells you exactly what did happen and when it occurred. Because verse 2 to verse number 35 are all events that are in our past history. In fact, they were past history to Jesus as well. And they're right over there on that page. So when you come down to get your, your, uh, your band to remember family Bible time, remember small, medium, large, keychain, Father's Day pen, you can pick up your document that will help you read and understand the events. One has said 135 direct statements in Daniel 11 that have all been fulfilled to the T. You'll see it right here. And, and Google these explanations. I, I got these. these are, this is not my research. Thank God for folks that are way smarter and more diligent than I will ever be. One of the uh, former 
presidents of the seminary that I graduated from, John Walford, in his commentary on Daniel, produced this, and all I did was go, thank you, John. Thank you, Lord, for John, for Dr. Walford. And I can pass that information on to you. Check it. it you, listen, I spent a lot of time going, really, did that happen? And you know what the Google said? Yep, what God said was going to happen, God did. Now, it didn't say it that way. In fact, what Google will tell you is, no, no, there's no way that Daniel could have been written by that Daniel. It would have had to have been written centuries later in order for that detail to be like it was. Oh, really? Just like, I guess, Isaiah couldn't have been written and talking about how the suffering servant was going to die. I guess that had to have been written after the time of Jesus as well. How stupid can we be? We just simply don't want God to be God, but no matter what we want, he is who he is. What he says is going to happen, and I got a document over there for you to, to, to provide evidence. 370 years that ultimately led up to a king, to, to pull your remembrance, a king that came out of, you remember the, you remember the seven, or I'm sorry, you remember the four-headed leopard that came out of the sea in Daniel chapter 7. Remember, I put the pictures up, and you're like, what in the world? I, I know. Okay, so one of the four heads, a couple of them, ended up being a couple of kings from the north and the south, and then their kids, and their children, and their children, and their... Uh, Y'all see what I was doing right there. Okay, so I, anyway, I'm just picking on the bus. Okay, so their kids, and their kids, and their kids. And so then you had this particular guy come out of the north, whose name was Antiochus IV. Fun guy, not at all. Brought all kinds of, of trouble and persecution on the people of Israel. In the document, just read along, and you're going to discover. Also identified in brief in Daniel 9, but now we're getting more information about him. And he did exactly what God said he was going to do. And he was doing that, I believe as a picture of one who was to come. The things that this Antiochus IV, calling himself Epiphanes, or the glorious one, ended up portraying the archetype of one who was going to come and is, in my opinion, still yet to come. And that's where we pick up on this guy in verse number 36, I believe. And that's where we're going to start in our reading today. And the king shall do as he wills. Pastor Ken, what, 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 what makes you think that this is not the same king or one of his immediate descendants? I'm going to tell you why. Because all the way up to verse number 35, prophecy, fulfillment. Prophecy, fulfillment. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. And then we get to verse number 36, and God makes some statements that you go to your history book, and you start flipping back and forth. You're like, well, I don't, I don't see where this happened. Ah, ah, must not have happened yet. Must not have still not happened yet. So that's why I think this guy's still yet to come. He says, and the king, flipping the page a little bit into the future, and the king shall do as he wills. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god. He's going to set himself up over all uh, arenas of worship. No gods are anything compared to me. Interesting, this guy. 
and he shall speak astonishing things against the God of gods. He's going to make some astounding boasts against the God that, that, that we serve, and we know there is only one God, and, and there are no other gods. But he's going to make astounding statements against our God. And he shall prosper. There's going to be a time where this individual, still yet to come, is going to prosper, setting himself up to be one that goes against all gods, sets himself up above all, and even goes against our God. But notice what the last part of that verse 36 says. Till the indignation is accomplished. You've, if you've been around Scripture at all, you, you've probably been around or, or recognized that illustration about the cup of God's wrath. The cup of God's wrath just sort of fills up, fills up, fills up till it gets to the top. And once it gets as full as it's going to get, what happens? It runs over, almost like your mama. You can, you can bug your mama and bug your mama and bug your mama and bug your mama. And then there's a point where mama will be bugged no more, right? Her cup of wrath is full and now it's running over on you. Same kind of thing. Hey, this guy is going to prosper. He's going to set himself up and, and nothing's going to stop him until it's over. And, and then he's done. Okay, we'll continue. He shall pay no attention to the gods of his fathers or to the one or to the one beloved by women. Fun study that I will encourage you. What, what is he talking about? This one beloved by women. He's talking about the Messiah. Is he talking about something? Go study that and I'll walk with you while you do it. I don't know. And then he shall not pay any attention to any other God for he shall magnify himself above all. I'm, I'm, I'm greater than any God there is being worshipped. He shall honor the God of fortresses, power. Military might, strongholds, that's the God he's going to be. Whatever God will help him increase his might himself, he's going to take on. Instead of these, a God whom his fathers did not know, he shall honor with gold and silver. He'll deal with the strongest fortresses with the help of a foreign God. Who you reckon that God is? Well, if you ever want to dive into the book of Revelation, you're going to find out exactly who that God is. He's the dragon. He's the serpent. He's, the, he's the, the prince of the power of the air. He is that created being that has rebelled against his creator and has been leading people astray in sin ever since. And this one, setting himself up, will be fueled and focused in and empowered by this foreign God, we know who he is. Those who acknowledge him, being this ruler, he shall load with honor. And he'll make them rulers over many and shall divide the land for a price. You, you want to follow him? He'll reward you. You want to help in his advances? He'll bless you. He set himself up. At the time of the end, a king from the south shall attack him, but the king of the north shall rush in upon him like a whirlwind. He's going to have opposition. There's going to be opposition coming up from the south. There's going to be opposition coming down from the north with chariots and horsemen, with many ships. And he shall come into countries and shall overthrow and pass through them. And he shall come into uh, the glorious land, which 
couldn't be anything other than the, 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 the promised land where, where sits in the middle that city of Jerusalem. And tens of thousands shall fall. But these shall be delivered out of his hand, a few Edomites, some Moabites, and the main part of the Amorites that live in the region of what we would call modern-day Jordan. Some of those will escape. But he'll stretch out his hand, verse 22, against the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall become ruler of the treasuries of gold and of silver and all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Cushites shall follow his train. But then he'll get news from the east and from the north that's going to alarm him. They're going to get word that there's armies coming from the east side, from north side, some coming up from the south, all converging in this glorious land. Would be real helpful if there was a place that they could all meet face to face. Ah, interestingly enough, the book of Revelation reminds us of a valley called the Valley of Megiddo where all of these armies are going to come together uh, fighting for this promised land, for the riches and for the, 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 the benefits of themselves. But then ultimately they're going to turn against one, from one another to the one who is to come. He's going to be alarmed and he'll go out with great fury and destroy, to destroy and devote many to destruction. And he'll pitch his tents his palatial tents between the sea, the Mediterranean, and the glorious holy mountain, Mount Moriah, where is Jerusalem. You're seeing all this stuff play out together. This ruler who is yet to come is going to set himself up. He's going to exalt himself. He's going to prosper. He's going to conquer. He's going to be challenged, but he's going to overcome. What next? It's just like a little phrase. After all that detail about what he's going to do and what he's going to say. Yet he shall come to his end with none to help him. All that detail, all that buildup, all of that, oh my goodness, what's going to happen, all that tribulation, all that difficulty, all that pain, all that sorrow. Yeah, it's over. What's going to bring about it's over? Well, I'm going to encourage you to flip over one of these nights to Revelation chapter number 19. Going to talk about the heavens open up. It's going to talk about one coming down on a white horse, got a tattoo on his leg and a sword in his mouth. I don't know how that works, but sounds like a pretty interesting fella because he is our Savior that is returning just like he promised. You remember when he said, if I go away, I will come again and receive you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And the disciples were like, we don't understand. Jesus says, I know, just be faithful. It's all going to work out just like I say. And it says in chapter 19 of the book of Revelation, when he returns, you know what he's going to do? He's going to speak. It's not going to be a battle. I know we call it the battle, interestingly enough, in the valley of Megiddo. Would make sense why we'd call that the battle of Armageddon. And so he's going to speak. It's not really a battle. It's just everybody lining up, bringing everything they got against the one they would never be able to stand against. And from the Word of God, the words of His mouth, those of His enemies will be destroyed. And guess what? Bang! Israel finally is delivered. Those who are faithful, those that look upon Him that they pierced and worship are going to be allowed to enter into His kingdom. Daniel, that's how it's all going to come to a conclusion. Exciting. I love the way it says, and it will just, it, it'll come to an end. 
I like when it talks about this same guy that gets destroyed in, in 927. 927, he says, on the wing of abomination shall one come who makes desolate. Same guy we're talking about. Until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. Oh, he'll make desolation. He'll make a mess. He's going to make all kind of trouble until what's decreed about him comes and then he's done. I like what it says in Daniel chapter 8. We keep going backwards. It says in verse number 25, without warning, he'll destroy many. He'll even rise up against the prince of princes and he shall be broken, yet not by any human. Yeah, he's going to rise up against the one crucified, risen, and returned. He's going to rise up with everything the world has to offer. And he'll be done. Why? Because you can't. You can try. But you can't. Yeah, it'll be done. He'll be broken. Not by any human hand. We keep going back further in the same book, Daniel 7:11. I looked because the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. Who's this horn? The fourth beast, Jan chapter 7, the fourth beast had a horn pop up. There were ten horns, and then a horn popped up out of the ten. And remember, the horn started speaking. We're like, this is psychedelic, man. This is not right. But that's the vision. Apocalyptic. Things can happen that we can't explain. Horn talking. And I saw the horn speaking. He was saying some pretty amazing things. And as I look, beast was killed. Body destroyed. Given over to burning fire. Little horn saying all he was saying, doing all he was doing, stamping and stomping and crushing and maiming. And he was over. He was destroyed. We keep going. Daniel 7, again, same chapter, verse number 26. But the court shall sit in judgment. What court is this? You remember? Daniel talking about the ancient of days. Who is that? Uh, that's, that's God himself, the Father. The ancient of days is there with the heavenly courts. And he pronounces judgment on this little horn. And, and, and then we see the one like a son of man have a kingdom that lasts forever. And basically what happens? Uh, well, his dominion got taken away. To be consumed and destroyed to the end. Yeah, he's done. It's over. We keep going. Daniel chapter 2. Very first vision we see. Nebuchadnezzar the king went to sleep. Babylonian king saw a vision. Big statue. Head of gold. Chest of silver. Waist of bronze. Legs of iron. Feet of iron and clay. What in the world is this talking about? Daniel says, this is what God says. You're the head. Cool. No, no, not cool. Babylon, head's going to go away. The, the, the chest, it's silver, it's the Persians. They're going to come, but they're going to go away because the bronze, the Greeks, are coming, and then they're going to go away, and the, the, the legs are uh, uh, of iron and the feet of iron. And clay. That's Rome. They're coming, and you're thinking, my, oh, my, what a glorious thing. What a powerful set of kingdoms. And he goes, yeah, but do you remember Verse number 45, just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand. You remember that? You remember that, O king, as you're looking down the metals and you're seeing them getting less valuable but more strong? You saw that stone get cut out of a mountain. You remember what it did? Oh, yeah. The stone came and crushed the statue. What does that mean? That means that God's kingdom is going to come to this place. A measure of God's kingdom is going to come from His place to this place, and He's going to destroy all of the Gentile kingdoms. And then from that stone, God's kingdom is going to elevate like a mountain. It's basically going to be done away with, and only those left standing are those that are with the stone. 
Man, chapter 11 had a lot to say about those 483 weeks that were coming and then some things about the last seven that would cause great fear to come upon the people of Israel. But the angel reminded them, when the time is up, he will come to his end. Why? Because what God promised to Abraham and Jacob and David is going to come about for his people, Israel. You're like, well, what does that have to do with us? Well, it has everything to do with us. Because we're with the stone. We are part of the crowd that has been given the opportunity to place our faith and our trust in the stone himself. In the Son of Man who has come to provide salvation and is returning to bring it all to completion. So these aren't events that that are not going to involve us because we'll get to be there too if by faith we are part of God's people through Jesus, his death and resurrection. He gave some more information, if you want. I know, we're speeding. You're like, oh, my head's spinning. Surely there's much more to that. There is so much more that could be talked about. But, but that's, that needs to be done by somebody who's better at teaching than I am. I, I'm a preacher. I'm just, a commun- I'm just somebody here to charge you up with what God's Word says so that you can go out and do what God has called us to do. But there's so much that you could mine out and discover. And I'd love to point you in that direction if these things interest you in that way. But I want you to see what he says in verse number, uh, in chapter number 12 as we bring this thing to a close. It says, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people. We go back. Michael, angel, was an angel referred to in chapter 10. Go back, watch the video if you weren't here. This Michael is going to do what God has called him to do and help protect that remnant of faithful Israel. He's going to do what he's going to do. There's going to be a time of trouble, a time of tribulation, as you, as you might say, such as has never been seen since there was a nation till that time. It's going to be worse than anything that's ever been experienced. But at that time, Daniel... Your people shall be delivered. I know, it's a long way. But your people, the people of Israel, those that are faithful, those that have trusted in me, will be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. So I looked it up. There's over a dozen references in the Old and New Testament to these books that God has in charge of, books that contain aspects of our life, books and bottles that contain our sorrows and tears, books that that are called the books of life, that names are written in, books that names can be blotted out of, all kinds of books. Bottom line is this, God, His books are always perfect. God's books don't ever need to be audited. God's books don't ever need to be corrected. Bottom line is this. Daniel, everyone who has responded to me in faith of your people, their name is in the book. 
And they're going to be delivered. And I'm sure Daniel's thinking, but what about those that have passed on? Well, verse 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust. This is awesome. He's not talking about folks that are taking a nap in the dirt, okay? He's talking about folks that are dead. And many of these who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Well, that sounds a whole lot like what God promised us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 about because of the resurrection of Christ, so too shall we like Him be raised. Well, it sounds like so shall those from that Old Testament time. And so shall those who have died as faithful uh, uh, members of God's people. So shall those be what? Resurrected. He said some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Daniel, even those that are dead are going to be delivered. They're going to receive the promises that are given. And those who are wise, I think those who have followed God's word and God's promises and and remain faithful to him, shall shine like the brightest of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words Uh, uh, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. He doesn't mean hide it. He just means, that's all I'm going to tell you about it. That's all I'm going to say to you about it. So just go and shut this thing up. Because many are going to be running to and fro when the time comes, looking for answers. You're going to have them, but you got to protect them. you got to maintain security over them. Watch over the promises. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold... Two others, I think, angels. One on this bank of the stream and the other on the other bank of the stream. That stream being the Tigris River. We saw that in chapter 10. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, the angel that's doing the talking, who was above the waters of the stream, the Tigris River, he said, how long shall it be till the end of these wonders? How long is it going to be through, the, through the, the, the exaltation of this one and all the tribulation and trouble and difficulty that he's going to bring? How long is it going to be that that one is doing this? How long is this going to take? And I heard the man clothed in linen, verse 7, who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left toward heaven. And he swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, And half a time. What are we talking about? It seems like what we've heard in the past in verse number 25 of chapter 7. Also again in verse number 14 of this chapter. Time, times, half a time. Generally understood as three and a half years. The second half of the last seven years. Bringing about the conclusion to the 77s. What are you doing, Pastor Kevin? Why are you trying to confuse us? I'm just telling you what it says. It's confusing. It's strange. Bottom line is, it's going to last just the time God allows and no more. God's purpose is on purpose. God allows what God allows until God turns the page. When God turns the page, it's of no import how strong of a leader or how great your kingdom or what your plans are. When God turns the page, 
It's over. It's done. It's like he intends. How long is this going to last? Time, times, half a time. And that's it. The time that God allows for the purification of his people will come to an end. When the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things will be finished. I think about most recently when the enemies from the north went against uh, the Ukrainians. The Russians went against it. They said, this is not going to last very long. And how, it's been like, what, 12 months, 11 months, 14 months, somewhere. And they've been fighting for months. It's gone a whole lot longer. Not the way it works with God. God says, no, it's done. I'm, I'm going to let you do what you're going to do. And I'm going to let you, but what you're doing is under my sovereignty. And then when it comes time to end, I'm going to flip the place like, okay, now you're done. That's how long it's going to last. Be faithful. Stay true. Don't get out of your lane. Verse number eight. I heard, listen to what Daniel says. I heard, but I did not understand. That'd be a great place for all of us to go. Amen. Amen. I was good with the lion's den and with the fiery furnace. Woo, I was with you there. Ram, unigoat, all this other stuff. I'm, I'm confused. So was Daniel. He's like, I'm hearing all this, but I don't understand. But then I said, oh, Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He sounds like us again. I don't understand, but... But can I get a little bit more information about this? He said, go your way, Daniel. Go on now. The words are shut up and sealed until the, the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined. Oh, wait, 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 wait. How do we make ourselves white? We make our robes white in the blood of the Lamb. Okay, so many are going to respond and they're going to be refined. But you know what? The wicked are going to keep acting wickedly. The wicked have been acting wickedly. And if they're not going to listen, if they're not going to respond, they're just going to keep acting wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. From the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Well, now, wait a minute. That's 30 days more than the three and a half years. What's that about? I don't know. But blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335th day. Well, that's, 30, uh, that's 45 days farther than that. What happened? I don't know. But here's what I do know. God's never had to do what I had to do in my office just yesterday. I looked up at the clock. It was around, I want to say it was around 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. I looked up. It says that it was 5 in the afternoon on June the 15th. And I said to myself, that ain't right. So what did I do? I took it down, changed the batteries. I had to set the clock to get it right. You realize that God's never had, that God's never gone... Wow, I need to get the battery checked. No. So what's this, 1,290 days? I don't know. It's 30 more than the three and a half years. What's the 1,335? Uh, I don't know. It's 45 days farther than that. I don't know. But here's what I do know. When those time frames worked out, Amen. it's over. It's done. 
or it begins. Whatever. The bottom line is, those who are with God are going to be excited about that page flipping. Those who are not with him are going to be the recipient of his wrath. And what does that boil down to? Be on God's side, right? Just be on God's side. And how do we do that? By faith in Jesus. The stone, the Savior, the crucified and risen one. Be with Him. And when all of these things transpire, and they will, then you will be with Him. Daniel, there's going to be a lot of suffering in between now and then. That same thing is true for you and me. A lot of suffering. But that suffering will come to a conclusion. And in glory with Christ, will have no end. I think about the missionary that says, He's no fool to give up what he cannot keep, to gain what he cannot lose. Daniel, go your way. Verse 13. But go your way, Daniel. You just keep being faithful. You just keep doing what I told you to. You just keep obeying my word. You just keep trusting in me. You just keep looking to me. And you shall rest. And he did. Not too many years from then. They laid his body down. And you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. That's hope. For Daniel, that's hope for Israel, that's hope for all of those who hear of that that is available by the God of our creation through the stone, through Jesus. What are some concluding principles from Daniel? As we walk away from here, scratching our heads, I know, I know. What are some concluding, as we think about the whole book of Daniel? And then concluding with what we've learned today. Well, number one, God is absolutely sovereign over all creation, over all human authority, and over all history. What in the world is going on in Russia with this band of mercenaries turning and headed toward Moscow and they're going and they're going to battle? And I, what in the world? I don't know. What in the world is happening in South America and Mexico with all the drugs and whatnot coming in? I just couldn't tell you all that's going on. What in the world is happening in the East with China and the submarine base coming to Cuba? And what in the world? I have no idea. But here's what I do know. That God has it all down pat. And when he turns the page, that's it. God's in control. God is sovereign over it all. You know what we can do? We can turn off the news. And we can come before our Lord and say, God, I don't know how this is going to affect me, but if it does, I'm going to trust you anyway. I'm going to walk with you. I ain't going to worry about elections. I'm not going to worry about candidates. I'm not worried about trials and all that kind of junk that gets us distracted and over our skis. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be faithful in the place he's given me, and I'm going to keep my focus on him. Number two, 
God is faithful and active in the lives of his faithful people at all times. I.e., Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They went through some stuff. They went through some great trials. But you know who was faithful to them every step? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're going to suffer, Jesus says. You're going to go through tribulation. But don't fret. I've already overcome the world. And I'll be with you all the way to the end of the age. Leads into number three. People of God must expect to experience times of suffering. What we go through right now is not really suffering. It's just more like an aggravation. It's more like a sore. But suffering could come to us. And when it does, we can be faithful if we, like those before us, will trust in the promises of God. If we will listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit and we'll follow Jesus in that straight path no matter what. No turning back. No turning back. Number four, God's wills, God's will, God's plan, God's purpose will be complete exactly as the Scripture reveals. I think we've made that point clear. Number five, the Son of Man, the stone, the, the, the stone that the builders rejected has become the corner. He has come to provide salvation, which He did. And he will return to establish his kingdom, which he's gonna. He's gonna. It seems so far away, but it's gonna happen. He's gonna return and he's gonna bring to completion what he has begun. Number six, we too, like Daniel, have a way that we can go. Go your way, Daniel. These things will transpire, but you go your way. We too have a way that we are to go. What is that way? Actively making disciples. Actively involving ourselves in the lives of others, either to come to faith because we've shared with them the gospel, or to learn how to walk faithfully once they do by faith trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. That's our job. Go your way, church. I'll be with you to the end. And your way is to make disciples. And nothing of that has changed. But the last statement of encouragement, and then we'll be done. We too, like Daniel. Go your way, Daniel. Do what you've been called to do, and you will rest, but then you'll have a place to stand in the end. We, too, have an allotted place at the end of days that is with Christ at His return with Him forevermore. But that's not true if you don't know Him. Not do you know about Him. Not could you pass the test if it was given to you of all of the dates of, of when did he come? Christmas. When was he? Christmas. Easter. What, what, what did he do? Walked on the water. He, he, he broke up the bread and the fish. And he fed. Not, it's not about how much you know. Do you know him? If you don't know him, then you're part of that crowd that's primed for judgment. But that don't have to be where you are. You can have... Hope, confidence, and certainty 
If by faith you'll trust Jesus and Jesus alone, today would be a great day to do that if you never have. Christian, be encouraged. What God said, he'll do. And if you're with him, keep walking. Keep walking. Keep trusting all the way to the end. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the stone that, yes, will ultimately crush those powers. But before that, he crushed the head of the serpent. By his resurrection, he has become life for us. And we thank you for that. Because of his death, he has become the sacrifice that all of those before him have only pointed to. We thank you that redemption is available to all who will respond. And I thank you that you have led us, those that are your children, to respond. I pray that you would draw more. And if there's some today that have never trusted Jesus, that they'll confess him as Savior, confess him as risen, receive him. God, we don't know what lays before us. Could be bad. Probably will be. We pray that you will help us to be faithful. Help us to be walking with you today so that no matter what happens tomorrow, we'll already be going in that direction. And so, Father, we ask that you will give us courage, give us boldness, give us recognition of our calling. Equip us to do just that for your glory until your son returns as king and reigns forevermore. We thank you for him. For it is in his name that all of Oasis Church says, 